0: Hey, Welcome into Sports Talk. We're going to have a full show for a change here this week. On this Thursday, I'm Scott Beatty along with Lauren Tate. When we don't have Illini Sports going on, we go till 6 o'clock. We'll do that today. Lauren's in for the first hour, and we'll have our Coach Q&A with Nick Quartaro coming up on the... End of the regular season and ahead to championship weekend for football. Next hour, Evans and Brad Sturdy will join us from Illinois guys. We'll talk a little bit of Illinois football. And next hour, we're going to play two out of three. Your chance to be a winner right here on Sports Talk. Mr. Tate, good to see you. Good to be here. Since you and I have last talked Illinois basketball, both men and women have had a had a win a piece, and in dominating fashion.
1: Yeah, I thought the women, that's amazing. You know, they were making threes left and right. I guess they made, finished with 14 out of 24,
0: and that's that's a lot of points out of three-point shooting. I think they shot 58 or 60 percent from three, and they had three different scores with 20 or more points against Pitt. Now, Pitt last year was just bad mm-hmm. in the ACC. They just well, the were. points
1: vary from game to game, but I will tell you one thing that's been pretty consistent. Cook. All season long, she has been. And if, you, if you're coming out to an Illinois basketball game, get ready to see some really good guard play.
0: There's a reason that Shauna Green came over here and said, Makaira, why don't you come with me? That's exactly. Because <laughs> I need a lead guard. And she, she has is it with Makaira like Cook. And she is the type of guard who can do just what she did. She can go get 20 on mm-hmm. her birthday, by the way. Well, she
1: had it all, in the fir- most of it in the first yeah. half.
0: Or she can distribute it around mm-hmm. and, and set back. And, yeah. and uh, it's pretty remarkable. Now, remember, you couldn't do this a few years ago, but now with the transfer portal, the way it is, and the and the waiver on the one-time transfer, uh, you know, if it was a few years ago and Shauna Green had come over, she would not have been able to just take players that she wanted from Dayton and put them in right away into the starting lineup. But she's been able to do that with Cook and Bryn Shoup Hill. So they are uh, let's see, seven and one, Indiana on Sunday. Indiana's We're going to find out some things pretty soon. Top 10 team, yeah.
1: Because this is a, when the Big 10 gets rolling, it's going to be a lot tougher, for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and I don't, I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, I, I don't see this as a fight for the Big 10 title type team. But I think, I think Mike Kuhn said it, you know, first things first, get out of that first day of the Big 10 tournament. Don't be in that bottom uh, of the Big 10 anymore. Mm-hmm. And why couldn't Illinois fight for that? With the way they've been playing, well,
1: I don't think we know enough yet. We're going to see. Yeah, that's and, fair.
0: But the one, the, I think the one thing, you know, her rotation already is pretty tight. And when you have a tight rotation, if injuries come along, the other
1: thing that's that's happening, she's playing good defense.
0: Well, it's it's vastly superior to what, that's what's really going important. On. <laughs> and similar to what Illinois did on Tuesday, on the men's side against Syracuse defense. Carries you through things when you're not shooting well, and Illinois was shooting abysmally on Tuesday night. I just can't wait
1: to put you on the spot. Okay, what did you think about the the offensive All Star team? The Big Ten <laughs> running back position.
0: The snub. <laughs> the snub. Where do we go to uh, to voice our complaints? Um, I was surprised. Honestly, I was surprised.
1: Well, I but- thought they'd put him in there, but I, but what are the reasons why they didn't? Chase Brown led the Power Five in right. I saw, I want to say he led the nation, but he was second nationally because of a, a, another situation. You know, I,
0: I I read Bob's column today, and you know Bob seemed to indicate it's wrong color jersey. That oh,
1: because it's Illinois. Yeah, and and well, what's Minnesota got that's so red hot? <laughs> right, historically uh, they haven't uh, won any divisions
0: uh, lately either. It's maybe somewhere in between there, and the fact that. All three of them, Blake Corum, Mo Ibrahim, and Chase Brown, are all really good, and only two of them can be on the first team.
1: Well, I was personally... Somewhere in the middle there. I was personally aware that that uh, Corum was going to be na- two weeks before. Before the Michigan game, before the Illinois-Michigan game, I just knew he was going to... I, just some reading about it and where everybody was standing on him. But um, the interesting thing, it, it, the, the three are very close. I mean... Um, Ibrahim's a great short you know he he was he was over 100 yards uh, in the high teens middle teens what 15 in a row I don't know how many was I, I've lost track but but uh, and Corum but they all got hurt Blake, yeah you know, all, all Chase three of them got, them got hurt, hurt all but... three got hurt and now we see today that Corum's going to have surgery he's yeah. out for the season or out for the playoffs
0: I don't think you can argue so much about who did get picked. I think you can argue about who didn't, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in because they all have solid cases. So I, I maybe at the end of the day it's subjective, and maybe I'm closer to it. I think there's good reasons for Chase to have been a first-teamer. I would have picked him over Mo Ibrahim. But, again, did I watch every game of Minnesota like I watched every game of Illinois? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I, I – I don't know. I don't know the that I would The be... three were
1: very close. Yeah. The three were very close. But, but he Mo had Ibrahim more could do
0: is He had go... a lot more carries. Ibrahim could go get you the yards you needed right now.
1: Well, how good was the the Michigan offensive line? <laughs> Superior. <laughs> they had three players on the first all Big 10 team. Three. Yeah. Three linemen on one and and of course we had Skoronski from Northwestern and and one other. I mean, that was that was the uh the five-man line, and, and he's running behind three of the great, and I, and I know that Illinois had a good offensive line, but they didn't have people that were, mm, you know, that the NFL was anxious. Yeah. to.
0: Change. I heard Dave Rebson's from BTN just say, look, Michigan is, is as good, if not better, on the lines than Ohio State is now. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. Mm-hmm. That's why Michigan has beaten Ohio State twice.
1: You well, know, yeah, I think there's an awful lot to that. Although I will say that they caught them with those passes. They just caught them, you know, with their pants down. Let's face it; they they were way too concerned about stopping the run, and they just they got out schemed. But uh, in any case, uh, I, I did some uh, looking up today because I'm really uh, in, interested now where these guys are going to fall in the uh, in the NFL draft. None of these running backs are anywhere close to the first round, by the way. None of them. All three will not be in the first round, and I checked about four. Now, different what
0: part of that would be, I'm guessing, is NFL teams don't value running backs the same that's way. Correct. Anymore. That is correct.
1: But we're we're really high on Witherspoon, and I checked four different. Uh, I checked NFL.com, CBS, Sports Illustrated, and one other, and uh, Witherspoon's not in the first round on any of them. The closest I ca- I found him was he's number 49, with C with uh, uh let's see, that's Draftwire. He's number he's number forty nine with Draftwire. they ahead of him at cornerback. Ringo of Georgia, Porter of Penn State, Smith of South Carolina, Phillips of Utah, Gonzalez of Oregon, who and uh, Forbes from Mississippi State. That's a I mean, that's six guys ahead of him. All of them going in the first round with DraftWire and virtually the same names uh, with NFL.com and some of the same names also with Sports Illustrated, so I don't. It doesn't look to me like he's going to be a first rounder based on all these mock drafts.
0: Yeah, but he'll still get. Oh, he'll
1: get millions. <laughs> he'll yeah. make several million in the second round.
0: Uh, a texter asks why there were seven offensive linemen named uh, in uh, in the first team, but only two running backs were there seven or is that total between media and coaches cuz
1: there's two votes oh yeah there's there's not set. i mean they what they did they set that thing up where they showed the ones that made it with coaches the ones that made both were listed and then there were a couple that uh, one made it with coaches and the other made it with the uh, with the media
0: yeah that's how that is so yeah
1: there there were just five and they're tied end and there was just one tied in with two running backs and and uh, two receivers, or was it three receivers? I'd have to look back at that now. Most everybody is lining up this, these days with three receivers.
0: Uh, no, wait, I'm looking here on the coaches. Mm-hmm. Two centers, two guards, two tackles. Really? So there were six. Maybe there was a tie. That must have been because there was a tie in. Okay. <clears throat> because the second and third teams each had had five apiece. Okay. And uh, in the media. Yeah, five. Well, why would it's a shame
1: there wasn't a tie at running back and have three running backs then. And...
0: Well you make a solid point there. Uh real quick, we have time to jump on the phone, two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Alan's with us. Hey, Alan. Go ahead, Alan. You're on the air. Alan? All right, well, sorry, Alan. We'll we'll try again another time. If you got a text uh as well, it's two one seven three five one. Five three five seven. Also, uh, bowl prognostication.
1: Well before I, I just want to finish one last sentence of the reason I brought up the draft is because I think there's been a perception out there that Johnny Newton's gonna go first round, Witherspoon's gonna go first, and that Illinois gonna lose a lot of people to the draft. And they could, but they're not gonna be high draft really high draft picks other than Witherspoon and maybe Newton. And that's an opinion. Mm-hmm. Now back to
0: you. Oh, okay. I was going to say bold prognostication. Well. It all depends. Yeah, but. it depends
1: on if you're talking beat USC, that would change everything. They would throw Ohio State into the Final Four, and, and, uh, and, and we're assuming Michigan beats Purdue, by the way. Yep. And we're
0: also wondering whether TCU will beat Kansas State. There is some now that are projecting Illinois out to Phoenix in the guaranteed rate game, um, although... Uh, Most feel that Illinois will be in Nashville for Music Mm -hmm. City or in Tampa for the ReliaQuest, maybe the Citrus Bowl.
1: I think the most interesting thing with the bowl situation is something we heard about last Tuesday was that, that that the Rose Bowl people are very upset with Ohio State because they acted last year like they didn't want to be there. They were upset losing to Michigan. Well, they did the same thing this year, and it sounds like the Rose Bowl, which makes the choice in this thing, is going to go with Penn State. I wonder if they can really do that. I mean,
0: Uh, yes, they have the leverage. I mean, I just wonder if they will. They have the leverage to do that unless Purdue would upset Michigan, then Purdue goes. Oh, well. Because they would be the quote, Big Ten champion. Wouldn't that be funny? So if Purdue beats upsets Michigan, then they go to the Rose Bowl. But if Purdue loses, as projected, Michigan will go to the playoff, as projected. Well, wait a minute.
1: Yeah. If Purdue beats Michigan, that's going to knock them out of the top 4.
0: I don't think so. You don't think so. I think Michigan's safe. Okay. May, maybe if they well, get Well, they're not maybe if don't they Don't say there's
1: there're possibility. They're not absolutely safe.
0: I mean You you you're, you're right. Nothing's absolute, but I mean the the the, the ESPN Lock for them to be in the playoffs is ninety two percent. I think they could lose and still be it. Now, if they lose forty five to nothing, like they just didn't even show up.
1: Like you mean the way Ohio State lost? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean they only lost one
0: game. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, off and running here on Sports Talk, brought to you in part by ABC Heating and Air. In the middle of the day or night, it's as easy as ABC. To always be comfortable, call ABC Heating and Air at 217-352-5400. Nick Quartaro, known as Coach Q, joins us for Coach Q&A in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey Illini family, it's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 in 93.9 FM, DWS. Lauren Tate, they they did not score, Illinois women's basketball did not score in the final four plus minutes of yesterday's game and they still scored 92 points. (laughs) I think they put in the scrubs and uh, yeah. And no offense to the to the reserves, I'm just saying they didn't put have the starters in, didn't score, <laughs> and still had 92 points. <sighs> All right, welcome back. It's time for our Thursday segment with Nick Cortaro, former Big Ten coach, former player at Iowa, and we've been doing the coach Q and A segment with him. And we welcome welcoming him here. It's football season's not over, coach, so we're glad to have you on once again. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah.
2: Yes, I did, and it's great to be back with you guys and know that uh, this isn't like baseball in the sense that it's a hot stove season, but there's still a lot of action in college football, despite the fact that there's just a handful of games this weekend. But still, coaching moves, potential draft picks, all kinds of stuff happening. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be with you. Let's get rolling.
0: Portal is opening up as well for... Several notable quarterbacks, but that's probably another conversation for uh, another time. Look, eight and four—the the the easy uh, go to for Illinois is you would have taken it from the get go. Um, If you're sitting in the coach's room right now, uh, how how you feeling, knowing you you were so close to at least eleven and one?
2: Yeah, it's you know the what ifs and the woulda shoulda couldas are are really killers. When you do look back and go through it with a fine-tooth comb like the staff will, look at every single snap of every game, do their quality control analysis and all that stuff to see where, you know, they came up a little short and maybe would have tweaked something or done something different, all in an effort, obviously, to capitalize on that for next year. But um, I know, you know, Brett's a longtime head coach. He's no rookie as he sits behind the big desk and oversees the program. So I know that his focus, obviously, is uh, portal, recruiting, bowl prep, player development at this stage. And you can shake those up in whatever order you like. But I don't think he's going to lose sleep at this point because there's so much on his plate by looking backwards.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if this was a season where you'd kind of clawed and scraped your way into a few extra wins that you didn't see coming but everyone said well yeah you know maybe you could have been six and six but you ended up with eight and four but still this team really had a lot of people I mean they were they were ranked at one point uh, got a college football playoff ranking and all that so I think this team went beyond expectations at least the ones that were outside of the building
2: yeah exactly I, I agree 100 percent. And I think that what you said, Scott, is so important, the verbiage you use, the expectations outside the building. You never know what the ex- expectations are inside. They're not going to come out and say, coming off of 5-7 a year ago, hey, we're going to win the Big Ten title. you know. But inside that building, the idea of going 1-0 and each week, the idea of getting better as the season goes on, the idea of being a high-performance team under pressure just doing things they hadn't done in recent years those are all big steps in the big journey that coach Bielema was trying to put together for a, a long-term uh, effect on the Illini football program so you know I, I think there's the frustration and all that but by the same token they can't get hung up on that darn Indiana game although you'd love to and then of course the Purdue game so you know, those things, uh, they're in the past. They're in the rearview mirror. Learn from it. Don't let it bite you in the butt again and move forward.
1: Well, uh, Nick, this is Lauren. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting to me is the number of players, and, and, of course, we know we're not happy with the way the Chase Brown thing turned out in, in the Big Ten, but they had more players honored this year, and, the fact, in the last two years than years and years of, of this. I mean, Illinois just hadn't had many players honored uh, and suddenly people are at least paying attention.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think they're all well-deserved. Certainly you can make a case for why a guy was not first team and he was second or a guy was third and we thought he should have been second or first team. But, you know, when I think of it, I'm looking back at I'm going, wow, they picked three teams, and then there's also some honorable mention. And that's a long way. Lauren, you remember back in the day you basically picked the first and the second team, okay. and I don't even remember back in my days in the 70s if there was even an honorable mention because there were just 10 teams. Now you've got 14 teams an awfully lot of good players, right, at all positions. So it's hard to sort all that out. And I think at this stage, um, I, I also read Bob's uh, column this morning there is, you know, whether you like it or not, there is something to be said for the top teams getting a couple more spots on first team maybe than than you would think. But uh, sometimes the jersey or the helmet does have that effect. But the good news is that Illinois was getting respect. They were getting guys recognized. To your point, more people than ever, at least in recent history, and uh, you can only hope that. The ones who leave the program have people coming up that are developing and will replace them and have their turn one day to get postseason honors. And when you're getting postseason honors like that, you know you've got a solid program and you're winning games. Otherwise, they wouldn't get that recognition.
1: I'm going to switch you over to the Purdue-Michigan game because it is for the Big Ten championship. And can Purdue, is there some way you see that they could pull it off? I mean, we didn't think Illinois was going to be able to beat Michigan and they were within nine seconds. Could Can Purdue do the same thing?
2: Well, as we talked, just like uh, back then a few weeks ago, anything is possible. It really is. And I try to look at it from a lot of different angles, the emotional side, the mental state of mind of teams, weather factors. Well, there's no factor in the dome. But, you know, I try to look at everything. And here's Michigan coming off of an extremely emotional win, planting the flag in Columbus and all that good stuff, and really playing a fantastic game. Uh, they're two-and-a-half touchdown favorites, 17 points, whatever it is, over Purdue. And it's obvious that uh, they're prohibitive favorites. So, you know, will they not quite be at the level they were for Ohio State? If they're not at the highest level, can Purdue take advantage? Well, they're going to have to play a perfect game, and as I always say with these big underdogs, they're going to need some help from the favored team. Michigan's going to have to do something uncharacteristic, drop a a punt and give Purdue the ball to the 20-yard line. They're going to have to have some penalties in key situations that negate good plays or give Purdue an advantage somehow in field position, but... I think Jeff Brom, as I've said before on here several times, I respect him as one of the top play callers and uh, offensive strategists in the Big Ten. He'll have an excellent game plan. Uh, There's that uh, very unfortunate factor with Aiden O'Connell, likely to play this game despite uh, a a terrible loss uh, of his uh, brother uh, here last week. Uh, I don't know how you battle through that, but I know he's a very mature young man, uh, a sixth-year player, and and certainly the leader of that football team. I know he'll, if he's able to play, will play well and dedicate that game. And I think Purdue's defense has to show up and be sound, not crazy, just sound. Make Michigan earn it. Don't give them the big plays Ohio State gave them. And they have to be able to tackle. One thing I was just shocked, in uh, watching that game a second time, Ohio State-Michigan, was Ohio State's secondary's inability to be in a position to make a tackle and prevent some of those big plays. And then also their safety getting beat once or twice on deep balls. We've never seen McCarthy throw the ball that deep. That's because nobody was as open as <laughs> uh, a couple of those guys on Saturday. So I well, think there's a half a shot for Purdue. Lauren, you know, obviously it's a huge uphill battle. But, uh, you know, I've always tried to root for the underdog and, you know, make history for Purdue. And, and if they can't get it done, so be it.
1: What does this mean for Knowles at Ohio State, to leave your to leave your back end so wide open as it turned out to be? And he was, the, you know, he was the talk all year about the fact that they'd made that move and that was going to be the difference. And he was the difference, all right. He was the difference for Michigan. <laughs>
2: That's a good way to put it. You know, it, it's funny because they showed some good things throughout the year, and they tried, I say try, within their system, showed some different looks and things that gave people trouble when you're preparing week to week. But obviously when you're playing as uh, big a game as last week was, and you're gearing your development, your knowledge of the system on the part of the players over the 11 previous games, once you get to that next one, I don't think he did anything different. In fact, I know he didn't. It was all within what they had been executing before. They just chose some bad matchups. I was talking to a good coaching friend of mine immediately after that game. He said, you know what, Nick? He goes, Ohio State's back there trying to play man-to-man against Michigan. And he goes, they used to be great at it when they had first and second round draft picks. But Mm -hmm. he goes, there's no first and second rounders playing DB for Ohio State this year. So those were not great matchups. And as it turned out, you know, it was obvious to all of America that that wasn't going to work. And then up front, uh, I heard you guys talk, and Michigan's O-line certainly uh, exerted themselves and did a super job. And uh, Donovan Edwards, uh, you know, he's kind of the lightning out of the thunder and lightning pair of Corm uh, and, and uh, Edwards. Boy, he, he took full advantage with his speed. Once he hit a crease, he was gone
0: nick the usc utah matchup in the pac 12 uh, could have implications for illinois and where they're going in the bowl uh because if especially if usc were to to lose that could put ohio state back in the playoff that kind of thing so uh it has some interest for for illinois fans how do you see it
2: yeah i think it's going to be a great game i'm really looking forward to it you know uh I'm out here on the East Coast. I only see a little bit of West Coast games. I always try to see some of the better teams, Oregon, USC, UCLA, Utah. I try to keep tabs on how they're doing, but not as in-depth as certainly the Big Ten teams. But, uh, you know, the first game of the year was a shootout and a close battle. Uh, people are essentially, Vegas is saying the same thing. It's a two-and-a-half-point game on their board. Uh, but what I've seen here the last couple of weeks, out of uh, Caleb Williams is just, uh, and I'm sure you guys have heard all the same things, it's Heisman Trophy caliber performance. Um, and he is a difference maker. The other difference maker is the fact that Lincoln Riley was able to attract 19, count them, 19 transfers to USC to overhaul that roster. And they were primarily offensive players. They got a little bit of help on defense because they were flat out terrible. Now their defense is a little better, still not great, and therefore that's why Utah put up a good bunch of points in their first game. So I, I think it's going to be a heck of a battle. I think USC's on a roll. It almost seems like it's a destiny. And I heard a conversation the other day, and this is really kind of crazy. In the world we're in now with the NIL and the Portal, and the ability for a head coach to uh, make a move and have a whole bunch of people raise their hand and say, hey, I'd like to go with uh, Coach so-and-so. You don't have to take long to turn a team around. And uh, Riley's done a great job of attracting the right people and coaching them really, really well in where they are sitting in a position to go to the, the championship uh, playoffs.
0: When it comes to and we're you know we learned this week of course the today essentially we learned that the the playoffs are going to expand in a couple of years to twelve teams and I don't know how many bowl games you've been but it, it I mean it used to be it was everything especially if you went to the Rose Bowl uh, the, the the meaning of bowls in my opinion has diminished some um, how do you look at bowls and especially whatever bowl Illinois would go to and and whether players should play or not, if they if they have NFL well, aspirations.
2: Yeah, well, that's actually uh, that would take up your two hour show. Okay. Big, no, no, no.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I know, no, I know what you mean. So but... much
2: to it. Yeah, there's so much to it, Scott and Lauren. Um, I have to admit that you know I'm old school and bowls. You know, uh, again, if you go back in history, there were a handful of bowls. I mean, you know, 8 to 10, and then it grew to 12, and it's incredible now we're up to, what, 40, I think, or something. But for schools that are truly not built, not in a position to legitimately say, we can challenge for the conference title, or we can challenge you now in this day and age to get to the college football playoffs, there needs to be some type of reward. There needs to be a way to kind of put a cherry on the top of the Sunday for this season and send your seniors and people out the right way. Give your fans a chance to celebrate with you and be in a nice warm spot. If you're a, you know, Northern uh, type team, go somewhere warm and enjoy all of that and try and get another win. Now for people who are looking at truly being top picks in the draft, if you're not playing in the college football playoffs, I get it. You're risking potentially an injury that might affect your livelihood in professional football. And even though as a coach, you know, I say, I understand it. I'd still like the guy to be on the field with me, but I understand it. And well, and I think that's, go ahead. Well, I was going
1: to say that last year, Ohio State uh, had four players that elected not to play because of, they also had some other players who for one reason or another didn't go to that bowl, but that's why there is talk right now, uh, Nick, of, of that uh, the Rose Bowl may not choose Ohio State because there's been a mm, I don't know a feeling that uh, they weren't respectful of the Rose Bowl because they didn't really want to be there last year after losing to Michigan.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard some of that conversation too, Lauren, and yet I look back and see what happened. They actually. Uh had a heck of a game, put up a bunch of points, mm-hmm. and did so, and did so without uh uh Chris Olave and uh, the other receivers' names escaping me, but both were top round picks and uh and then a defensive guy anyway, they were all four really good players, and would it show Ohio State could lose four really good players <laughs> and still beat a good team in the Rose Bowl so I know that the Rose Bowl might be a little upset with them, and if they take Penn State. Hey that's all well and good I understand Joey Porter uh son is not going to be playing corner for him and and I know that uh, uh Penn State had a few kids sit out their bowl game last year but uh the Rose Bowl is is certainly the granddaddy of them all and all that and to all of us who were you know dyed in the wool Big 10 people it means a lot and it means a lot to the old you know, Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12 type schools around the country. Otherwise, I'm not sure if they care quite as much. So I I just think that uh, the Rose Bowl, I heard you guys talking, they don't have to take uh, Ohio State necessarily. They have their choice of who they want. Just like teams that choose Illinois, they don't have to say, well, we have the fifth pick or the sixth Big Ten pick or whatever. If they feel Illinois is a team they like, in terms of people will uh, bring people with them to the bowl site, enjoy a good experience, put some people in the seats and all that. You know, those affect, uh, those factors come into play when they make bowl uh, selections.
0: You know, on Fridays, Lauren, you're not on, and that's the same reason. He sits out Fridays because <laughs> he doesn't want to jeopardize his,
2: his Saturday show. <laughs> he's, 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 he's opting out on Friday. you got to save your voice. Well,
1: I think that you hear enough of me from
0: Thursday, Saturday. and There's enough of me on here already. But, uh, 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 well, hey, Nick, it's been fun. Uh, we'll we'll do it again soon, and uh, because Illinois will be in a bowl game, and we we got some other things to talk about. So, um, not goodbye yet. It's goodbye for today, but not forever.
2: Very, very good. I look forward to the next one whenever that is. You guys have a great weekend. Okay. Hey, thanks, stay Nick.
0: Care. All right. Stay warm. Thank you. That's Coach Q, <laughs> Nick Cortaro, uh, with us here on Sports Talk. Uh, let me ask you a question about your furnace. How do you confident do you feel right now that it's going to be good through the winter? A. I've had it checked out. I know it's good. B. Uh, probably, but I haven't had it checked out. Or C. I'm really nervous. If you're in B or C, let me vouch for. Let me vouch. I was in the category of B. Of eh, it'll probably be good. And then a Christmas Day, a couple of years ago, it conked out. I didn't get it maintained ahead of time. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. <laughs> uh, I was very glad for the kind technician who came out on Christmas Day to fix our furnace. But I recommend getting a maintenance done now. It's not too late. And you could do so with CU Trade Services. They've got a maintenance plan that you can get onto a regular schedule, so that you can always get your furnace or your uh, AC checked out ahead of time and maintain. It's just like taking your car in to get an oil change or, or every anything else like that. Going to the dentist, get your teeth cleaned, so you don't have major problems later. CU Trade Services. Uh, they're a step above and just the way they handle things professionally, how they interact with customers, and how they're thorough and communicative on everything as it comes to uh, taking care of you. So check out CU Trade Services. And while you're there, if you need an electrical or plumbing issue taken care of, you can also get that scheduled. CU Trade Services at CU dot com.
1: And I want to add another thing, that you are an expert tire changer and are available <laughs> to anyone who has a flat <laughs> on, on a minute's notice, by the way.
0: Uh, Lauren Tate had a flat tire. And, <laughs> Again. Uh, and I changed it along with three other people so we we got it done I
1: wasn't much help I'll say that
0: I could say I don't think that tire's ever been off your car because that took something to get it off it did Uh, but anyway I I appreciate the endorsement that's about as handy as I get (laughs) we got more in a moment you're listening to sports talk on DWS Illini family this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green we're in action this Sunday listen in on news talk 1400 and 93.9 FM Yeah, the men open Big Ten play tomorrow night against Maryland. And Sunday, the women open Big Ten play at Indiana. That's tough sledding there uh, on both teams. Maryland playing much better than outside expectations. uh, Kevin Willard's not new to the coaching world. (laughs) That's that's for sure. And they're off to their best start. Well, they're undefeated. You can't really do that. But no first-year coach in Maryland's ever had a better start. Than what Kevin Willard's been doing. Well, he's undefeated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I <laughs> you mean, can't do any better than that, can you? Yeah, but nobody else did it. You know, <laughs> okay. that's what I'm saying. Um, we we talked a little bit about the Rose Bowl, and I guess this is just the year of uh, saying goodbye to some traditions. Big Ten ACC challenge is done, and the Rose Bowl uh, decided. Yes, we would like to, you know, have money and be on television. So we will acquiesce to the demands of the college football playoff. And the big thing they may lose is that time slot. That's what they were holding out for. We want to be a five p.m. Eastern. You know, it's, it's
1: all about the. It's all about the parade. You, you got. I mean, that's that parade is scheduled just for the football game. I, I mean, everything was. Yeah. Uh, you've talked. I've talked to some people just uh, this week about how how close it was, you know, from going from the parade into the game because you just. It's all scheduled that way. Yeah. Now, See,
0: now, the, the article's all focused on the television time slot because, mm-hmm. you know, eventually the, the sun's setting over the mountains and you sure. just can't get anything more picturesque. Well, it's been
1: that way for so long. I mean, you yeah. just expect... I, I expect a 4 o'clock kickoff. Well, I still expect Art, Keith Jackson
0: time. to be doing the, the play-by-play, too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, Keith's not going to make it this year. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, but I things change. Um, what's... Interesting to me is on some level, these conference championship games this weekend don't have a ton of meaning for everybody. Because and I'll go back to what we were talking about unless Michigan really gets it handed to them surprisingly by Purdue, they're in the playoff, they're just in. Georgia it is, is it's in such
1: a late game, too. It's eight o'clock our yeah. time. Can you that game will be over 11 30, something like that?
0: Georgia's in. Uh, mm-hmm. TCU is probably in. Um, it's that fourth spot. You know, UC, USC is not. You know,
1: UC, all I'm going to say to you is this: anybody that loses Saturday that isn't supposed to, when you lose late, it is serious. Yeah. When you lose early, if you lose the first game of the season and then you go eleven and then you win the twelfth win in and, and the play, then that's different. But if you lose, I think I think anybody that loses is really uh, vulnerable. Anybody that loses this weekend, I think might be, get kicked out. Even Michigan. I know that's not likely, but I I, I just think I know I know you're going to come back with well the score. What, what if it's uh, you know 14 to 13? I mean that's would you boot them out because of that? Well, what would you do? I I I want to see what everybody does before I make that decision. Yeah. But I'm going to have a lot more. I have a tendency to consider what happened most recently. To me, they are already in a playoff. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's how the committee looks at it, because you're generally, you are who you are in November and now December.
1: And I'm a lot more affected by what happened recently than what happened uh, 14 weeks ago, and I've probably forgotten half of
0: it. Uh, and And that's why it's interesting that if Purdue were to win, they would— Hang a banner or whatever you're going to do in oh, yeah. a football stadium, and you would they could they would rightfully say we're Big Ten champions. Absolutely, but I don't think anybody would regard Purdue as a better team. No, no, <laughs> than no Michigan. No, no, or Ohio State or Penn State. Oh man. <laughs> okay, we'll come back. We'll transition to the next hour. Evan Kahn's coming in. We'll talk Brad. Talk to Brad Sturdy on uh, hoops, and we'll play two out of three your sports trivia cont- contest for you to win some bucks to use at the Esquire. That's all coming up
2: right after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, inside Illini basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who was
1: happy to see this Illini play a lot better last week. It was Sky Clark.
0: Yeah, sad news today in the baseball world. Another great one gone. Gaylord Perry died. Great
1: spitballer. I wonder what he really was putting on the ball. Was he faking some of it, or was he really doing it? You know, nobody really knew for sure because they couldn't catch him.
0: Well, it's called a spitball. That's 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 all he could put on it. <laughs> I can tell you, tell you that you know.
1: Well, he he would put his hand around his mouth before he before he started to
0: pitch it, just to make people think he was doing it if he wasn't doing yeah. it. Yeah. But you can't, since you're not allowed to bring any other substances with you. Nobody would ever put other anything else on the ball.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you do sweat during a game, and that's the best stuff. Well, if that's I was a, a lot better than spit.
0: If I was a pitcher, I would do my darnest to make sure that ball was dry and I didn't have any foreign <laughs> substance in contact with the baseball. I
1: tell you one thing about spitball. It acted ira- erratically, iratical. It was not. <laughs>
0: Consistent. It was really sometimes hard to throw a strike with it because you don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, also, Tom Herman hired by Florida Atlantic University. More Texas coach, huh? And that is an opponent for Illinois next year. Is that I think that's the opener? Is that the opener? Florida Atlantic next year? It, it's one of them.
1: Yeah, I, I thought I thought the opener was Toledo, but I think no, we, to we, uh, Florida Atlantic is in there along with uh, Penn State <laughs> early.
0: Yep, and I don't know that it's for sure that the schedule is what the schedule says. The, the teams are, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get something shuffled around.
1: You think they're going to go to week zero? Well, I think there's Brett Bielma a, likes it. I don't yeah, know if he can, it, but I think I he think likes it. I think there's a lot of people who like to go up a
0: week. Yep.
1: Ta- have, you know, that that way you can have two days off, two weekends off.
0: Hey, I'll be with you Saturday. Look forward to it. Look forward to that. We are back with Hour 2 after this. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.